2: Be back. Be back.
1: You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is Husker 24/7 senior writer Brian Christofferson.
2: Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act.
1: Brian Christofferson.
2: Well, I mean that's that's pretty interesting.
1: Brian Christofferson.
2: <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy
1: that. Here is Brian Christofferson.
0: Off hour number two here on Hurt at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN. Try cities as Brian Christopherson is about to join us on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline. I want to tell you about our Warhorse Festival of Games coming up here for the big game, the Professional Football Championship on February 11th. You have a chance to win up to a hundred thousand dollars with their Prop Card Challenge every time you go to the casino in Lincoln and place at least a fifty dollars sports bet. You will get an entry into this challenge. If you're a rewards member, very important to become a War Horse Rewards member here. And if you go 25 for 25 on your prop card challenge, you will win $100,000. If you don't win any if even if you don't get any of them right, you're still going to be entered into a $20,000 cash or free slot play drawing. There is there's nothing to lose here except for, I mean, you know, you might not win your bets, but that's okay. (laughs) That happens. I know Andrew's been on a little bit of a roll here lately. But kind of. But make sure you – well, I said a little bit of a roll. It's a little yeah, mini yeah, roll. Yeah, that's true. Make sure you go to warhorsecasino.com for more information. Uh, and don't forget, we're not too far around the corner. There's going to be a million-dollar March Madness Challenge Whoa. coming up as well. As we get further into college basketball season, we'll tell you more about that. But for now, it's all about the big game on February 11th. Make sure you go to warhorsecasino.com for more details
1: and the last thing i'll add
0: there before we get to bc those props will likely become available
1: right after the afc and nfc championship yes, games so i believe like, the expect the week after yeah monday to come out and then they have to be submitted the day before or validated i'm sorry they have to be validated the day before the big
0: game and we will uh continue to tell you how to do that as we get closer but you can also go to warhorsecasino.com for that information as well joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline is Brian Christofferson from Husker twenty four seven. BC, how are you this morning? I'm doing
2: pretty good. Not a lot of sleep, but that's okay. It was a fun night. When'd you get to bed? Oh, I got to bed about two o'clock. I'm not always about doing free advertising, but I appreciate that Daily Owns is open <laughs> until two o'clock. Uh ripped through the drive through at about one twenty, had it all to myself, which was nice. So uh knock down four tacos good for uh, you. with a mountain dew like i was 19 years old again <laughs> and it was pretty it was pretty good and the dogs enjoyed a couple bites with me so it was, it was a nice finish to the event. Just
0: reliving those college days yeah, did you rush the court then too
1: since you're <laughs>
2: reliving those days I didn't, no i did i i would get hurt doing that as uh and matt matt painter kind of gave us a lecture about that at the very end of his talk i don't know if some people heard that he's he, I get it. He was He's worried about the safety and stuff going forward. He said we need to take some measures with uh, the court stormings. He wasn't trying to be a real party pooper, but he uh, he had some words about it, but I enjoyed watching it. I'll say that. Uh, BC, as you're um, kind of
0: processing what you saw last night, um, what was your biggest takeaway the, the more you think about what took place at PBA last night as far as you know, what does this mean for Nebraska basketball? Is it just a really nice night? Um, is it sort of validation of the season we thought they were having? Like, how, how do you process what you saw?
2: Well, in the big picture, it's to kind of win that um, if this team is what they think they are, um, it, it helps push them over the hump when it's, when it's decision time. Um, now, they have to over the next two months – continue to be steady enough to to make this count for what it's supposed to right you know like you can't just uh fall off the cliff now and and uh not win some more games but i think this team last night showed when they play their best ball um they they can be a tourney team and they uh they they can compete with anybody in the league and the, the beauty about last night, Hoiberg said in his post game, but it was completely true. Every guy that touched the floor for Nebraska sort of maximized what he can do well. You know, like uh, Bryce Williams woke up yesterday and didn't think he was going to play. Um, he couldn't, he, when he did the morning walk to the bathroom, he said it wasn't feeling too hot, and he, he, he wasn't thinking it was going to happen. Hmm. And uh, he ends up with an incredible stat line considering uh, nine points, 11 rebounds, nine assists, two block shots. He had sort of the grown man play that I thought like sealed it at the end where Edie's going in for a typical like Zach Edie layup or dunk or whatever to cut into the lead. And Bryce Williams comes and swats it from behind. But then you have C.J. Wilcher, you know, like accepting his role all season and coming off in the second half and just catching fire for 16. K. Say was there in these stretches where it w- he-, he would just be on. Um, and then, you know, Sam, Sammy Hoyberg had a great game defensively. You just go down the line. Everybody did their job really well, um, and um, you, you get a night like that. I could tell two minutes in, I didn't know that Nebraska was going to win, but you could see that it was a different team than Saturday in Wisconsin. There was just, like, an energy and intensity to the defense and the way they crashed on their doubles on Zach Eady and the plan they had on that side of the floor that you thought – they're going to make Purdue have to earn this one at least, and uh, sure enough, they did that and more. B.C., we heard a lot about 1982
1: last night, uh, the last time Nebraska took down a number one seed. But I want you to stick with recent Nebraska history for this question. Fill in the blank. This was the biggest win in recent Nebraska history mm. since
2: when? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to skip something in between the, it wasn't like no sit Sunday. I, we have a way of like making what just happened above other things. Like it wasn't that same intensity throughout the whole day. And like it, the third deck wasn't even full last night. And there's reason it was cold, it was snowy, all that stuff. I'm sure there's some people that didn't expect it was going to go the way it did. But as far as you think of Nebraska's track record, they had a, a good team under Tim Miles that won a lot of games at near the end of his tenure that didn't make it. And there's probably a win or two in there that those guys would say at the moment felt pretty special. Um, but for a team that actually right now, I think people now say this could really happen. I could see this team's name on the bracket. I think it's the biggest win since, since that game against Wisconsin that everybody remembers. Um, just because if you look at the track record of Husker basketball, um, You know, there there hasn't been a a attorney team uh, since then. So, and this team's got a shot now. It goes back to the first question Ravi asked that you you you've got to fill in the blanks now the rest of the way, right, Andrew, to make it like the sort of game that in March we're like, yeah, that one right there. You know, otherwise it's it just is another one that kind of fizzles into the background a bit. So, they've given it a, a great opportunity though for it to be one of those kind of select Husker games that. Uh, everyone who was there will say, will proudly speak about you know five years from now, and those who weren't there will say they were there. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's gonna be what the it's gonna it's like be the Nirvana Nirvana did a concert uh, at like <laughs> Duffy's Tavern and like bef- before Nevermind came out or something, and I now everybody who was in, on at, on the UNL campus at the time now says they were at that concert, I think, but uh, I'm guessing that wasn't the case.
0: Didn't realize that venue held a hundred thousand. That's incredible. I don't. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> what's the other? Is it the Matt Davison catch that everybody claims they were at? What's the What's the other one? There's a football one that everybody claims they were at. I can't. I Again, it's like no. There, there were not one point four million people at that game. I promise.
2: Yeah, yeah. It it the third deck was not uh, not filled up last night, but. Uh, it was a lively crowd. The crowd that was there was, was great, and um, I also understand with the weather why it was, was what it was. But, yeah, it was it was a great atmosphere. PBA is a really tough place to play. I think Big Ten teams mm-hmm. and coaches have found out when Nebraska's playing good ball because uh, that crowd does get on you. It gets on the refs. It lets them know, and um, it was that sort of energy in the building last night. Uh BC, we're talking with Brian Christopherson from Musker
0: 24-7. How much do you think this means for, you know, we, we don't usually this far into a coach's tenure, we don't talk about kind of program-defining wins or things like that because, frankly, if you haven't had one by this point, you usually don't make it that far into your tenure. But uh, Nebraska's obviously stood by Fred Hoiberg, and it seems like that is really starting to pay off in a big way how would you define last night's win in terms of what it means for Fred Hoiberg's tenure here at Nebraska?
2: Well, right now it's, it is that signature game that, that stands out. Um, you know, there, there were others where they had nice wins, but it wasn't to this level, you know, and winning at Creighton last year, you can't take away from that. I mean, that's a team that almost made the final four. Sure, yeah. Nebraska had a great day, uh, and, and beat them. So, I mean, you, you can make an argument there. Uh, But the fact that Purdue came in number one, and I really feel like, I know you guys know your hoops well. I mean, Purdue's a legit, legit one to me or Mm -hmm. was a number one. Like that's a, that's a, you know, once in a while there'll be that team that they're really good, but the rankings sort of fall their way for a week and they're number one. It's like, Oh, that Mm -hmm. was nice. We knew they'd get knocked off in a week or two. I think people kind of suspected Purdue might stay there a while. When you look at just their non-conference wins and, I mean, people can look it up. There's like Marquette, Arizona, Alabama, Tennessee, Xavier. uh, Yeah, yeah, it's really impressive. So um, in that way, I don't think it's rivaled. Um, Also, I feel like there's more energy behind this team than even when they won in Omaha last year that they could actually make it to the, you know, onto a bracket at this moment. And so I I think it's it's a top one. You got to give Fred credit. Um, he reset the way they did things a year ago. This is the second year of that. They kind of went back and, and changed how they were going to fill a roster out, um, the type of players they were bringing in. And uh, I think Trev um, Alberts um, liked seeing that, frankly. And um, in, so it's, it's, it's kind of year two of the reset, I guess I would say. And in that respect, it's going pretty well um, at this moment. BC, I was listening
1: to Coach Rule last night uh, talk in a separate interview about how everybody says they want to build, but not everyone wants to take the time to build. How cool slash um, a major credit is it to, to Trev Alberts to have two coaches in, in Hoiberg and in Coach Rule that embrace the build?
2: Well, I think, To succeed as a coach in this day and age uh, you have to want to be a builder in some ways at the same time you have to have like an urgency to that build. like there's there's the deadlines get moved up with everything it feels like Mm -hmm. Um, now Fred's had had his time to kind of work things out, obviously, Um, but. You know, it's so different how you build now. And I think the guys who evolve with the times the best and understand, okay, I may not love, like, everything that college sports is right now, but through the portal and things, I'm going to figure out the best way to do it with what the situation is in front of us at this moment. And I feel like uh, Rule, if you sat him down and said, is this your ideal version of what college sports or football should look like right now? I would guess he'd say no. And yet he knows that that's what it is. Let's work with what it is. Let's do our best with that, um, setup and what's put before us. And, um, I think they're trying to do that. And I think you're kind of seeing the same thing with Hoiberg. I mean, this is a team where, um, he, he worked him and his staff, you know, coach Lenzer and those guys worked their butts off over those few couple months to get guys like rink mast and, and Bryce Williams I mean it's elbows out for those type of players and Nebraska wasn't able to land like every big dog out there like Hunter Salas you know and some of these guys who um, at times like Nebraska fans wanted but they kind of pinpointed some guys they had a legitimate shot to get they worked hard on them they saw how they could fit into the puzzle and they worked with the system in front of us to put together a team that looks pretty good right now so um, I I, to your question I, I think you have to be a builder but you also have to be like a timely builder you know no I
1: I absolutely get that and based on what you just said it had me thinking because we talk about how this Nebraska basketball team is built to be an NCAA tournament team this season how about on the football side of things though how patient or how long do you think it will take for Nebraska football to be built to be a college football playoff team and what we now know uh, what it will be as a 12 team playoff
2: I mean I'm not going to make a big proclamation here because, you know, every off season we kind of talk ourselves into, like, oh, this is going to happen, and then it's it's been f- stuck on five wins for a while. I do know the person who matters, Matt Rule, when you listen to him do interviews, thinks they can get a lot done pretty soon. Um, he's said as much. And so whether that can be a reality or not, I don't know, but I think they like the culture they have. I think they like the fact that, Um, you know, you watched a championship game the other night and, uh, you know, Michigan is just an example of like what it means to be dominant on both sides of the ball in the trenches where guys can just take over a game, especially on that D line. And I feel like if there's one thing you want to be really encouraged about with Husker football to the question you asked and trying to make that big move is I actually did think at the end of last year on both sides of the ball especially the D line in the trenches, they had taken a step. Like I felt like they were um, a better crew and better equipped to deal with the big 10 than they had been. And um, that's a huge deal. Of course the quarterback piece was missing. And so we're about to find out if they, if they found that piece over time, um, There's sure a lot of hope about it and for good reason. But um, I think within the trenches, they're, they're building it in a way that they, they can be pretty competitive at that I don't want to say the college football playoff level at this point, but, uh, you know, to, to, to at least get some respect back on Nebraska's name and you're in the postseason of, in, of some sort and making some noise again. So I do see signs that can happen.
0: Uh, we're talking with Brian Christopherson from Husker 24-7. BC, I want to go back to what you were talking about with kind of the nature of Fred Hoiberg building this team because I, I don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it didn't seem like he was necessarily interested in being a quote-unquote builder when he got here. It seemed like they were trying to do a lot of quick fixes, kind of trying to do the same type of thing that he did at Ohio or at Iowa State and kind of realized, oh, hey, that's not going to work this time and had to shift his mindset and his philosophy sort of midway. You know, you talked about this is really year two of his – Sort of revisioned Nebraska team, is it fair to say that like this is maybe not how he intended to do this job in the first place but
2: has made it work on the fly uh that's possible that'd be a really good question to ask him in one of the the, the next uh, meetings with him. I do think um you know, they, they got some t- really talented players in here early on mm-hmm. um, in his time at Nebraska, but they just didn't fit together right. It just wasn't the right puzzle. And, uh, you know, sometimes it was like, you know, Bryce McGowan was a really entertaining player and is doing fine for himself as a basketball player, but just the way the pieces worked around him and stuff, it just didn't feel like a team to me sometimes. And this this does now, the last two years. Like, it, whether it's good or bad, you feel like all the pieces kind of work off each other in a way that wasn't previously. Um, and so, I, yeah, I give, I give them credit for switching on the fly. They definitely did some of that because there, there's no doubt that it's a, it's a different, um, I don't know. It's just a different type of squad that they have now. Um, and they've really emphasized, you know, when they go into the portal, finding those guys who have been in college basketball, maybe four or five years who are pretty productive and, yet they're not the guys like everybody's pointing to. Like Bryce Williams had a really good career at Charlotte, you know, and um, maybe not as as good as he even hoped, but he came on at the end of last season was like the CBI MVP or whatever. And uh, even before that was balling out and this staff realized that they, they thought the best of him was still to come. He's six, seven and can do all the, you know, score at all the levels and their rink mass. I think they believed even before this season, they got an absolute steal of a guy who is just like a workhorse. He can shoot it from outside, and he just gave Edie fits last night. I mean, there, there was help on the defensive side with what they did against Edie, but Rink Mast um, played his butt off in that game. And uh, yeah, he's just found the right guys um, for this time, and now they got to finish it. I don't want to like. I hope we don't come back here two weeks and they've lost, you know, you've, you've lost four or five, and all that. That there are dips in the season, but right now it does feel really good about the roster they have and like how they're playing together. BC, we got about
1: four and a half minutes left. I want to change gears and and talk a little football now. Uh, we're in that window for Jamal Banks when um, at least the timetable for his decision is. Um, is supposed to happen from this Wednesday to Friday period here. Uh, where are you at um, in terms of where you think he's leaning? And if he doesn't end up at Nebraska, where do you kind of sit in terms of offensive completement from before the signings this yeah. weekend to where you are now?
2: Um, I think if they add them, they they really did the best they could as far as pieces with the numbers they have because there aren't a lot of numbers to work with so you've got dowdell nair is a really interesting player um because um isaiah nair um you know he's hurt at texas and you know maybe you wish there would have been a little more production this last season but he had that acl injury in august of of last year and just his capabilities and the way sarkeesian talked to him about him Prior to that injury, makes me think there's a there's a very high ceiling there if if he can meet it you know going forward, um, with banks, um, I don't know I I'm optimistic about it for Nebraska. Um, I have I last messaged him on Sunday and I've kind of left it there with him because he said he told me. Um, yeah, at the earliest I'm deciding midweek and at the latest I want to decide it, as you mentioned, at the end of the week. And so it might, today we're there now, I guess, you know, so we'll see if, if he announces anything. I do know like Michigan was interested in him and it was kind of a weird deal because last week, of course, all of Michigan's attention is on something <laughs> else. And so you're not getting a lot of information about like really what happened there. And I don't know if like there's still interest. He visited a lot of places before Christmas break, too, like good schools, you know, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, all, Purdue, Minnesota. So he's got options on the table. Um, but he felt wanted at Nebraska. He liked their blueprint, and he certainly had good things to say. So I think I think there is a, a chance there. Um, we'll, we'll see.
0: BC, if they don't land banks for some reason, do you think they're still in the market for another transfer portal wide receiver? Or do you think they kind of look at the room and they go, yeah, no, we're okay with this?
2: Yeah, i think it's possible um i don't know if it would happen in this cycle at this point mm-hmm. um but you know maybe that's something like after the spring you revisit uh although it'd be really nice to have that person if it's like a you know a junior or senior who you want to help the young guys and has been around the block to be there for spring ball so i think there is a big um you know uh, benefit right now if if that guy comes at this moment um, but yeah, I wouldn't just close the door on the idea because if there's an open spot, you feel like now who's to say there wouldn't be that, you know, several months from now, but, um, it feels like it's, it's down to a couple guys, you know, we'll see, we'll see if there's a, a defender that could still be in the picture or not. But, uh, I think it's, it's, it's one or two spaces left at most, and maybe there's going to be none, you know, that's, that's always a possibility in these deals. They're very fluid. That's Brian
0: Christopherson from Husker 24-7 BC. We appreciate your time, as always, and we will catch up with you again next week.
2: Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you, BC. That's thanks. our
0: guy, BC, from Husker 24-7. Good stuff there. Always. As always. Another place you can find good stuff. What's that? Nothing. <laughs> That's funny.
1: That was good. That was great timing because he could have easily still been on the stream and
0: we just turned our, our attention to each other and we both paused. That was good, Shane. That was good. Uh, <laughs> the other good stuff you can see that's coming up two weeks from today, Pro Football Federation kicks off here in Omaha. Nebraska. Pro Volleyball. Pro jeez (laughs) what am i doing today (laughs) pro volleyball federation hey we're at that hump in the week we're we're on the the downhill train we're almost there omaha supernovas versus atlanta vibe at the chi health center january 24th 7 p.m first serve get your season tickets or single game tickets at supernovas.com you've got elite talent world-class talent ncaa champions all americans olympians Join the volleyball movement sweeping across the country and see your Major League Volleyball team, the Omaha Supernovas. Again, go to supernovas.com for tickets. Coming up next, we've got Kevin Suits from 1011 News in Lincoln here on Hurtout Sports Radio.
2: We will be back.